Hey, my friend. Good to see you. All right, come on, give Jesus a bigger hand. Come on, don't sit down yet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, now you can be seated. Yes, uh, it is a joy to be here with my family. Uh, I think they have a family picture, if they could throw that up there. Uh, and I'll have them stand. My family's live, except for Michaela, and she's not here. So Logan's wife, Michaela, is not here. But Connor, Logan, Becca are here. Stand up, because you're live and in 3D right there. So good to see you. And they, the boys did go to school here, and I brag it up everywhere. Um, I, I brag it up everywhere. Everywhere I'm at, I mean, even in enemy territory by Southeastern or Southwestern, you know, I'm there. No, I'm just kidding. We love all the schools, all right. But wherever I'm at, I'm, I'm talking about North Central. I'm talking about how much I love this place and uh, how much it means to us and what a joy it is to be able to invest in this place. So thank you for educating our boys and having them here. Um, I do want to say this about your president. Uh, before he was President Hagen, he was my friend Scott. So if I call him Scott, it's not out of disrespect, all right? It's just that we go way back. I mean, we, I've preached at his church in Cal California, and he and Karen, we have spent time with them at dinner. Um, we, I mean, you know your tight friends if you've been to Elko Speedway races together, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't know that this guy loved NASCAR so much and the Speedway stuff. So anyways, uh, but we go way back and have spent a lot of time together. I, I do want to say this about you, uh, Scott, President Hagen. Um, I love your energy, your excitement, your passion, your drive, your vision. Uh, every time I meet with him, there's something new to talk about. Uh, I feel like he is a five-hour energy. How many know what I'm talking about, you know? That's what he is. And, and he's a very expensive five-hour energy. You know, every time I meet with him, it costs me hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, uh, but I love investing in you guys and love being on the journey together with them. Um, I, I just, I, I want to talk to you today um, about the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's not really a sermon. It's kind of a, I grabbed five different sermons, kind of threw them together in one, and so I don't know how it's going to work, but before I do that, I just want to talk about world missions for just a minute. Um, he said we're number two. The number one church in the world in the Assemblies of God is uh, Dominic Yeo's church in Singapore, and uh, they gave about two million more than we did, which is a lot. I mean, we were about four million, and they gave six million, and so I met with him, and I'm trying to get him to come speak at our church because I want him to stand up there and say, we're number one, not you. And then I hope that spurs them into good works and competition. And then they want to beat him, you know, so because then the kingdom wins. But I asked, like, how do you give so much to missions in Singapore? Like, do you have a bunch of millionaires? And this is what he told me. He said, we don't do 10% giving in Singapore. We ask every Christian to live aligned with kingdom like they are for the kingdom of God advancing and we ask every single person in our church to give 30% of their income to the work of the Lord. Um, I'm not sure that's a good church growth technique in America, you know, because we ask for people to tithe 10% and then on top of that do five or 10% more to kingdom builders and world missions. He's asking for 30%. So I still haven't wrapped my mind around that and how he does it, but people in Singapore are so serious for Jesus that they're giving 30% of every dollar they make or whatever currency they're in to go to world, and they're number one. 
And so it doesn't happen by accident. It happens by intentionality. It happens by sacrifice. It happens because of vision. Uh, it, it, something is driving them to go to another level. So I, I'm trying to learn from him. And I would just challenge you, no matter where you're at, keep learning from somebody. Keep learning from somebody. Keep grabbing all you can. Try to get into that room. Talk to that person. Learn from them. I found out he loves golf. And so I'm like, we got Hazeltine, Ryder Cup. I'll get you on. I'll try to get, I need his info. So I'm using any angle I can get there. You know what I mean? Side note, I just think that's, God loves that, by the way. I see Jesus sparring with the Samaritan woman and she's like, can you heal my daughter of this demon possession? Like, my daughter's demon. And he's like, it's not the time, you know? And she's like, even the dogs get the crumbs. He's like, good call. I like that. I think God likes tenacity and likes it when we spar and when we get in there. So anyways, um, talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I am Pentecostal out of necessity, Okay. I am spirit-filled out of necessity. I need as much as I can get of God. If there's more available, I want it. I want everything I can get. And the way I see it in the Bible, in Acts 1.8, it says, you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. The power was to expand the circle. The power was the plus for the purpose. Like we are on mission to expand the message of Jesus. And he's like, I'm not gonna have you do this on your own. I'm gonna give you more power to do this. Now for some of you, this might be really familiar. For some, this might be new. But we believe that you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you can receive power. You can receive gifts that are available that will help you to expand the circle. We believe that, okay? And, and I don't wanna be guilty of not telling my church about this or even telling you, and, and um, I just, this is so illustrated to me of how angry when I found out that I had more power available to me and nobody ever told me. Now, it wasn't with the power of the Holy Spirit, it was actually with my truck. I owned a, a Chevy truck and I went and bought a brand new truck. I walked into the dealership, and this is amazing. I walked in, I said, you got one hour to sell me that truck. I want this interest rate, I have good credit, I'm gonna put this much money down, you have one hour, I wanna buy that truck and I wanna be out the door in one hour. And the guy, I said, can you do it? And the guy said, we can do it. And no kidding, they did it. We did the whole thing in one, it was like 58 minutes. I had the keys in my hand, I'm walking out, and he goes, you know everything about the truck? I said, I do. I own the old model of that truck. I just got the new model of the truck. I know everything about the truck, I'm good. He goes, you know even about the remote start? I'm like. My new truck has remote start? He said, oh yeah, yeah, give me the key fob. And so he says, push lock twice and then hold that round button around on top and your truck is gonna start. And I started my new, new truck. I thought, that's amazing. How many know living in Minnesota, remote start is, it's like, an, it's a necessity. Like it's, it's a needed item. And I'm like, that is awesome. And then I wait, went, wait a minute. Give me my key fob from my old truck. And my old truck is right next to my new truck. And I looked at that button that I didn't know what it did for all those years. Yeah. I push lock twice on my truck and I push the top button and my old truck starts. I'm like, you mean to tell me I had remote start for three years and I never knew it? All those cold Minnesota days, I was hoping my seat would be toasty warm and I never knew it. I was so mad because you know what? There's more power available to fight against my battle of cold winter, okay? Now there's more battle, there's more power available to you to fight the battles. 
Okay, there's more power. And, and although the plus is for the purpose to expand the circle, it will also help you in your own spiritual life that he who prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself, like something's going on. The Holy Spirit is praying through me and there's things that I'm just communicating with God that are at a spirit level. Okay, so there are some benefits here. But it, 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 again, it's for the plus for the purpose, but don't ever miss, there's also benefits for you. Teen Challenge, who I'm speaking at their banquet tonight, um, they're not their banquet, but they're kind of their spiritual emphasis night tonight. Years ago, they did a study, and they found out the people that came into Teen Challenge that were baptized in the Holy Spirit, that functioned in the power of the Holy Spirit in that greater way, actually held on to their sobriety higher than any other group they could survey. It's a power that's available. There's a power for the plus. It's, it's this plus for the purpose. It's, it's an ability to help you grow, and it's also an ability to help you be more effective in what you're doing. And so, um, I'm just, I'm, like I say, I'm putting a couple things here together. Um, I just want to explain to you that uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's subsequent to salvation. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, where Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit, Okay. So when we pray for this and when we see these gifts start to operate, uh, the Assemblies of God believes that you're gonna start to speak in tongues. You're gonna have that ability to do that. Um, I used to be, I don't wanna say hesitant, but I used to wonder like what the next generation thought about spiritual gifts and tongues, and I've noticed that your generation is leaning way into it than previous generations. You're kinda like, man, if there's something supernatural, if there's some power that's extra, like I'm in. You know, whereas like when I started the church, people would come up and they'd say, are you spirit filled? And I'd be like, well, what are you? You know, like I didn't, I mean, if they weren't, I wasn't going to tell them. You know, I was like, well, we might be, check it out. You know, I don't know. I didn't want to lose anybody. Now I'm like saying, yeah, we are. And people are like, cool, talk to me about that. All right. So there's an openness. And we believe that when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're going to speak in tongues. And here's something that I've noticed with people that, um, they're trying to figure out how to process this. Like, what if I pray for the baptism in the Holy Spirit and I don't speak in tongues? Like, what, like I want to and I don't. What happens? And here's what we say. Sometimes people have said this and it's wrong. They say like, well, why didn't you speak in tongues? We prayed for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Like, do you have unconfessed sin? Do you have, un, are you bitter towards anybody? Do you have any forgiveness issues? Do you, you know, and so we'll, we'll try to figure out why they didn't. Okay, first of all, there's no scripture and verse for that. There's not. You cannot find any scripture and verse that we should suggest to somebody that they need more forgiveness or they need to give something up or something. So because they don't speak in tongues, we're like, ah, oh, what do we do? And I, I just wanna make sure you're very clear on this. Luke 11, uh, starting in verse 11, it says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Okay, I don't think God's like up there going, you were so close. If you would just forgive your roommate, I would fill you. I don't think he's doing that. I think that the issue is not here. There's no blockage here for somebody being baptized in the Holy Spirit and functioning and speaking in tongues. There's no blockage here. I believe the blockage is just here. 
supernatural and natural are coming together in the baptism in the Holy Spirit for you, and God wants to give you the ability to function in these gifts, and he wants to use the gift of tongues for you to have a prayer language that's available. There's no blockage here. I can find no scripture that says, and they asked for it, and God said, tomorrow. They asked for it, and God said, no, you're not, it's, it's, they asked, they received. And the people that I see that don't receive and don't get there, I can see them physically moved. I can see them spiritually moved. And, and the blockage is usually here. They're kind of like, I don't know how this works with God. I don't know how this happens. I don't know how we do this. And, and usually the more analytical someone is, the, the, you know, sometimes that's a blockage because they're like, the mind, they're just like, I can't figure this out. I gotta figure this out. How do I do this? Do I learn the language? Is it like Spanish? What do I do? You know, and, they, and they're just freaking out and they're like, I, I, I just, I, is there an algorithm for this? And, they're, and you know, they're just trying to, you know what I mean? And then I've seen other people that are like, sure, I'll do it. And then they start speaking, you know, all right. So the blockage is here if, you, now, if you're not speaking in tongues. It's not here, okay? And the reason I'm so strong about this is my mom went to be prayed for for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and she heard about this, man, that she could have a prayer language to speak to God, to have a, a gift of speaking in tongues. And she went up forward and prayed, and, and she just she couldn't figure it out. She couldn't, she's one of those people that tries to figure it out and and. She, she argues within her own mind, like, that can be good, that can't be good. Is that good? Is that not, you know, and she's, and she's trying to do this, and she can't figure it out. And the pastor says, well, is there unforgiveness in your life? Well, she's thinking, like, lots. Like, I don't even like my dad, you know what I mean? You know, I mean, she was abused, and she, you know, so she's like, I don't, yeah. Uh, is there anything, are, are you pure and holy? And she's like, well, I haven't been my whole life. Like, I was into alcohol and I was sexually active and I had a baby and gave her up for adoption. And she's thinking all these things and the pastor's like, well, you know, if you can get all that straight, then you, then you can get it, you, you probably get it. Well, she leaves church. She leaves church and she's thinking like, she's already asked Jesus to forgive her of her sins, okay? But this pastor had said these things that are not in the Bible, okay? God's gonna give you, he's not gonna withhold a good gift. And so she leaves church that day. And when she leaves church, she gets in her car, and this is the prayer she prayed. God, this was so good for the few years that you loved me. I thought it was too good to be true that you could love an unwed mom and someone that was into alcohol and somebody that came from some, um, such a messed up, abusive home. But these last couple years with you, they were really awesome. Thanks for at least letting me have a glimpse of what it's like to be a person you love, and I'm sorry I wasn't good enough. That's the prayer she prayed in her car, okay? So I almost lost out on faith in our family because of that moment, and God in his sovereignty and his wisdom and his ability to overcome bad preaching, um, he, he, he baptized my mom in the Holy Spirit apart from the church. And then she's like, okay, I am loved, I got it, you know, okay? Now, so I don't want anybody to live in that condemnation that, okay, if you speak in tongues, then you're loved, okay? If you've asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and you've made him your Lord and Savior, you are loved, okay? You are loved, all right? You can be empowered more 
from the one you love by being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't mean he loves you more. It means he's empowered you more. And you've given him permission to use you in those gifts. So as I go around and do pastor's conferences, I talk to people about this all the time because it just bothers me because I believe these gifts are too important for us to put on the side because we don't know what to do when people don't speak in tongues. And I definitely don't want any condemnation that doesn't have a single scripture to back it up that says God's holding something from you because you're not good enough. Now let me just go on another thought here. Um, Of the gifts of the Spirit that are available, it's not just the gift of the Spirit, but it's something that's ours that we can appropriate, healing. Okay, there is the gift of healing. There's people that have the gift of ability to pray for people. And I think of Logan's good friend, Daniel Karasev. I believe he has the gift of healing. When he prays for people, there's just a greater uh, response rate when he prays for people for healing, okay? Um, so there is a gift of that. But I just want to speak to you about healing as well and, and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit still heals today. Okay, it doesn't matter what your current reality is. If you've not seen your healing come into your life, don't let your reality change your theology. It's a bad way to live. Okay, my reality, so I'm gonna change this and I'm gonna not align with what God's word says, okay? I believe God's word is full of things that talk about it. Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes we're healed. So we have that ability there. We see in Matthew 8, it says uh, that demon-possessed people were there. He drove the demons out. He spoke a word and healed them. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. So I don't think it was just like by his stripes we're spiritually healed, although by the price he paid on the price of the cross, we are spiritually healed. But I also believe that by his stripes we're healed physically. We have that ability to have that. All right? So let me explain. Are, are you with me? Are you with me on this? All right? You feel like, hey, you're like, feel like we're in class, not chapel. It's okay. God's helping us with something here. All right? Um, here's what I believe about this, and I see this in the word. By his stripes we're healed. Jesus Christ paid the price by being beaten and whipped so that we could be healed. By his stripes we're healed. We're saved by what he paid for on the cross. He paid for it there, okay? Paid for it. The Bible tells us in Revelation 21 that there'll be no more pain, no suffering, no sickness. He'll wipe away every tear. He's gonna right the wrongs in eternity, that heaven is a beautiful place, that there's just amazing things awaiting us in heaven. Paid for here, deposited here. If this is the line between right now and eternity, what we're doing is we're asking God to take what is in eternity that was paid for back there to jump into our now. You tracking with me? And that's called a miracle. When it jumps from there to here, it's called a miracle. And we can pray for God to release what's there into our now and get our miracle in Jesus' name. Okay, so we we don't have to pray like, Lord, if it's your will for them to be healed. What we don't know is when he's gonna release the date, but we know that it's paid for, that it's waiting, and it's possible to move into our now, and so we're gonna ask God, will you release this and move it into our now? Okay, now I'll tell you another way that I think we should pray for healings. Don't stop praying for your healing. All right, don't stop praying for your miracle. Don't stop praying for your loved one. Don't stop, just keep praying and keep praying and keep praying. And I would add this, praise and pray. What do I mean by that? Praise God, tell him how amazing he is because he is. You're not buttering him up. You're just declaring who he really is and you're having your reality align with who he is. 
okay? And I'll tell you how I know this and how I've tried to live it out. My boys, Connor and Logan, they're here, our boys, and um, they would come up to me and they'd say, hey, Dad, you're probably not going to do this. And I'd say, like, well, what am I, what am I not going to do? And they're like, well, we were wondering, ah, oh, you're probably not going to do this. I'd be like, well, what, 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 what will I probably not do? And he'd be like, well, we were wondering if maybe we could have some ice cream today, but you're probably not going to buy us any ice cream. So we just thought we'd ask, you know. Okay, how many have ever asked your parent like that? Okay, yeah. Okay, wrong way to do it, all right? So I told my boys, I said, wait, 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 wait. That just so offends me. Because I'm thinking of the Bible that says Luke 11, like he's a good father and he wants to do good things and I'm a pretty good earthly father. I want to do good things. Why are you assuming I want to do bad things, that I don't want to do good things? And I'm actually getting offended by the way they're asking. And so I told them to do it like this. I said, come to me and go like this. Hey, Dad, you're the best dad on planet Earth. (laughs) We were thinking because you're such a great dad and an amazing dad. And because you always have money for ice cream, we thought today would be an amazing day for ice cream because you're an amazing dad. How many know they got a lot more ice cream that way? Right? Some of you are like, I'm calling my parents tonight. (laughs) You're like, no, you're a great parent. You sent me to a great school and I need a lot of money. All right. But why can't we go to God like that and say, okay, I think after praise and worship, at your chapel services should be the times you should pray for the biggest miracles, the biggest miracles and the biggest breakthroughs right after that because you've been singing praise to God and your heart has been to him. You've put your phone down. You're not multitasking. You're focused in on him. You're a great God. You're an amazing God. You're an incredible God. That should be the time we go right into his presence and ask for the things that are on our heart. And we're not trying to trick him. We're trying to align with the reality of heaven because they're praising God in heaven right now. We're just aligning with that, and we're elevating, and we're praising, and we're we're really getting ourselves in line with what he already wants to do, more than trying to manipulate him, okay? Because you can't manipulate God. Okay, but I'm gonna get there, and I'm gonna say, God, you're an amazing God. You're an incredible God, and because you're so powerful, wouldn't today be an amazing day for a miracle, for a healing, for a breakthrough, for a deliverance? God, wouldn't today be an amazing day to show yourself strong by the power of the Holy Spirit and break through in an amazing way? And, and here's the thing. Sometimes I would say no to my kids for ice cream because I knew dinner was coming. Because me and my wisdom, I knew it's four o'clock and dinner's coming at 5.30, and so ice cream's not at four. We'll actually go out for ice cream after dinner. So I wasn't a bad dad for just knowing the time that was right for ice cream. I'm still a good dad. And so here's what I say. It was paid for, it's waiting there. He's a loving Heavenly Father. So if he says, not now, It's coming in a year. Like to him, that's like waiting till after dinner. You know, to us, we're like, a year? 20 years? And to God, that's like 8.30 at night. And he's like, no, it's just after dinner. That's, I mean, after dinner, I was gonna bring you the healing after dinner, okay? But our light and momentary affliction to us is like right now forever extended and extended. And so we endure and we go through and we wake up every day and say, wouldn't today be an amazing day for ice cream? Wouldn't today be an amazing day for a miracle? Wouldn't today be an incredible day for the miracle?
So I share that with you because I, I felt like somebody needed to hear that. I just, I really would just ask that the atmosphere, man, pray bold prayers right after worship. And whether, here's another thing, whether the person up here prays the same way you're praying, you just go for it. Man, nobody's stopping you from praying under your breath. Lord, as we're in your presence, I ask for a miracle. I'd love to have all of a sudden somebody says, excuse me, excuse me, just healed over here in row seven. You know, I think that'd be kind of cool. You know, so just you go for whatever you're going after and you get your ice cream, all right? Um, The gifts of the Spirit. Let me go back to this, baptizing the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit, as you look, I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to look in the Bible and see the gifts of the Spirit in operation in the Old Testament, in operation in the life of Jesus, in the New Testament, in the life of the early church, and then look for something that's happening today in today's church. Okay, we know in Corinthians it talks about the gift of the Spirit and it talks about the nine gifts that are there. We have tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. We have words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits. We have healings, miracles, and faith. I was like, I'm missing one. All right. Uh, and so we know that those, gifts, those nine gifts are there for us today. Okay, I just wanna, I, I taught this at our church and I'll give you one piece of it, one piece of it, because I did it with multiple gifts. So let's take um, the word of knowledge, which, all right, let me, let me just follow this. Um, initial physical evidence being tongues, all right, that might be another thing that you're like, I'm not hung up on that. Here's my thing. Every one of the gifts was in operation prior to Pentecost except for tongues and interpretation. Think about that. The prophet, priest, and king functioned in all the other gifts except for tongues and interpretation. I think Pentecost, the outpouring was tongues and it became the sign that people were baptized in the Holy Spirit because it's the only one that waited until that day. All right? I'm not gonna fight you over that one, but I mean, I just, that's why I'm so for it. Like, let's get tongues. You don't have to speak in tongues. You get to speak in tongues. It's an amazing thing. Um, all right, so let's look at the word of knowledge. I just want, this is what I did for our church, and I want to do this real quick for you, all right? And I, I will, I'll hit the countdown. We're a multi-site church. I get start, stop, all right. Um, all right, discerning. So word of knowledge, word of knowledge, all right? A word of knowledge is something that's dealing with the past or present, and it's, it's something that's going to give a present impact right now. It's something that the Holy Spirit gives to you. So in the Old Testament, I see Saul. Saul is looking for his donkeys. He doesn't know where they are, and so he's trying to find his donkeys, and he says, I believe there's a man who functions in this gift who can tell what's going on and has these words of knowledge. So they go to him and when they go to Samuel, Samuel gives a word of knowledge and says, this is where your donkeys are. They're going to be fine. Now stay here for dinner. And then you know what happens? He gets anointed king of Israel. Okay. So Saul finds his father's donkeys from a word of knowledge, has time to stop what he's doing because the word of knowledge has saved him all this time and worry. And he's able to meet with the prophet and be anointed king of Israel. So the gift actually helped propel the mission of God. You go to the life of Jesus in John chapter four. Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman. He's there at the well. And, and he says, you're right. You're not married. You've, you've had multiple husbands and you're living with it. And she's like, I perceive that you're a prophet, okay? Because he has a word of knowledge. He has a word of knowledge about what's going on in her situation that addresses her current reality, gets her to come face to face with, okay, 
What does God want to do in my life right now? And then this woman goes back to the village and goes and says, come meet a man that told me everything about my life. Like this guy's functioning in word of knowledge. Like this, there's, there's a connect. God's doing something amazing. And then she brings the whole village to Jesus and has an opportunity to have her faith expressed to this whole village. Word of knowledge. Okay, you look in the New Testament in Acts chapter nine. Ananias, the good Ananias, not the bad one, Ananias in Acts chapter 9, he has a word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, there's a man named Paul. He's at Simon the Tanner's house. He is my chosen vessel. You are going to go there, lay hands on him, and restore his sight. Because he's having this word of knowledge. And he goes there and he says, Paul, Saul, he goes, I'm here to lay hands on you and to help you to get your sight back. God is using this gift to actually now help you so the church can propel forward in its purpose. Amen. You tracking with me? Then you look at our own life, and I'll close with this. In our own life, and worship team, come on up. Um, I just want to seal this with that song. Um, can we do that, like set a fire? We want more, and, and I'll, I'll address that in just a second. Um, put them on the spot, right? They're good, they're good. Um, in our church, the word of knowledge Okay, give you, I mean, I, I could go on and on and on. The other day, my mom was taking communion, and the, the Lord said, put your communion elements down and put your hand around that guy over there. So she puts them down. She's like, that's weird. They're on the floor, Lord. I put the bread on the floor, you know. She goes over there. She puts her arm around. She's like, what is it, Lord, that you want me to say? And she said, tell him that we love him and his son. And she goes, God wanted me to tell you that we love you and we love your son. He starts to bawl. His son was just put in prison and he had just prayed, does anybody even care? Does God even know that my son is in prison? Word of knowledge helps a man have a breakthrough, which by the way, I saw that guy at breakfast this morning, gave him a big hug at the restaurant. Word of knowledge that changed his life, okay? I'm telling you, word of knowledge, the other, maybe a year and a half ago, somebody's at the altar, they were praying, a young man needed to be healed. He'd been physically sick. The person on the prayer team looked at him and said, there's five people that you need to forgive. You actually hate five people. God just gave me a word of knowledge about you. There's five people that you hate. His parents didn't even know it. He turned to his mom and dad. He said, there's five people that bullied me in high school. I kind of want to even kill them. He asked for forgiveness that day, gets miraculously healed, gets his breakthrough, okay? Sees one of those five the next day at like Caribou or somewhere and walked up to him and gave him a hug. I mean, think about it. He went from wanting to kill him to hugging them the next day, getting his healing. See how the gifts help propel the church forward, okay? The gifts are not just so that we can squeal our tires and have fun in chapel and really shout shundai, you know, I mean, all right? We are here. These gifts are the plus for the purpose. And so I'm praying for you to lean in more, lean in more, go for more. I challenge you to look at that. And, and, now, I'll close with this. Um, I preached on this, I talked on this, power of the Holy Spirit. Time is our currency. Some of you are already sneaking out, you're already going out the door, you're already, some of you are already wondering what, how you're going to beat everybody else to lunch. Some of you are wondering if you're going to make it to class in time or work. Time is our currency, so I get that. So I'm not going to say, let's have a full-out altar time right now, and let's make sure, and let's throw the schedule away. I get that. Time is our currency. Same thing in church. So we set aside a whole day for people to do baptism in the Holy, in the Holy Spirit retreat, so they can cash in their currency for the things they love dear. And I'm just asking you to cash in your currency on a praise and worship night and make it an emphasis to say, you know what, I've cashed in my currency of time and I'm going to take tonight, tonight, I'm going to seek you and I'm going to go after you. I'm going to ask my roommates or friends or teacher, professor to pray for me for that. I, I, want, I want more, I want more. And I'll cash in my currency there. But right now, just, can we just 
a little bit of time currency right now. Can we just close with this song and stand all across this place and say, set a fire in me. I want more. I want more. I want more. Let's sing this and let's declare it that we want more. Maybe you want to come to the front and do it. Just let's go for it right now. Let a kink. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more.